0: I can turn the air
1: down if that helps, but... No, no. Actually, our last interview was kind of um, windy because we recorded it right in front of a uh, like air-conditioning vent. Oh, okay. Which um, caused some audio quality problems, but yeah. I, it was it was just something of note next time is I'll just move away from air-conditioning vents. Fair Because we were, like, right on it in the convention center.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, but yeah.
0: You've got some coming
1: out there. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. It's This might be the best most isolated right, yeah. <laughs> episode I've, I've recorded yet because we're in a car. Um, so yeah, so what's your name and where are we?
0: Hi, I'm Jake Burkett from Gray Alien Games. And we're in West Dorset at the moment uh, where you're on vacation.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and close to where you live.
0: Yeah, very close to where I live. We've just been up to Egerton, which is an Iron Age hill fort uh, with the wonderful views. And uh, now I'm driving you back to your hotel along a high road with, again, some really cool things to look at on the way
1: yeah you uh one thing i've noticed from us hanging out today is like you're super passionate about old things like really old (laughs) things Um, and i'm kind of curious like how that like is that something that's an influence on the games you make
0: yeah big time like so we did regency solitaire which was set in the georgian period 1812 and for that my wife and i we went to sort of various locations and i checked out old buildings went to museums and checked stuff out and now we're making Shadowhand, our sort of Highway Highwaywoman-themed um, uh, card game and RPG game. That's set in 1770, so it's even older. Um, I've, got, I've just got to get past this person on the road.
1: Yeah, so we're, <laughs> we're right now doing this, like, we're on these narrow roads, so you have to kind of, like, pull um, over to let people pass. So yeah. um.
0: Some people are nervous reversers, right? Like, that they don't like reversing. So, yeah, Shadowhand is set in the West Country and we've been to sort of places like Dartmoor and looked at standing stones and we've looked at castles and, uh, and we based it on, you know, where we live, really, and the sort of vibe of, of this, this place. Um, but I'm fascinated in even older history than 1770s, so medieval stuff, going back further, Roman stuff. Before that, Iron Age, Bronze Age, and even Stone Age, and all of that stuff is in the local area. So, you can see stone circles here, tombs, Roman forts, all within a stone's throw, really.
1: So is that, is that like, kind of game setting wise, is that kind of what stuff you'd want to explore?
0: Yeah, I mean, we might, who knows what will happen after Shadowhand, you know, we could roll back further in time and keep, keep going back. It's just inspirational to me, and I mean, I've always been a big fan of RPGs as well. You know, I mean, I like Darkest Dungeon, obviously.
1: That's pretty good. Uh,
0: (laughs) um, Just because I've always been into that sort of historical side of things, and as a kid I would run around these castles and go home and read Dungeons & Dragons manuals, so... um, Yeah, so it's always been a part of my upbringing, and I've tried to put it into my games. Because I feel living in this location gives us a unique insight to... Um, the history Um, and if we can bring that to our games it should hopefully make them stand out and people get that real vibe of history from playing our games
1: yeah and and and, um, because you're kind of like isolated not completely but like game developer wise like who's the closest game developer living to you
0: um probably someone in bristol or
1: plymouth which, um, like, how many miles away would that be? Plymouth
0: is about an hour and a half away. There might be some in Exeter, I don't know, but that's an hour away. But what I often do is go and meet up with Cliff Harris from Positec Games and um, also Cass Prince from Puppy Games, Tim Wicksteed, he made Big Pharma. Um,
1: Does he have a farm?
0: No. <laughs> Farmer is in pharmaceutical.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, Big Pharma. Yeah. Um, it was a sort of... Um, manufacturing So he's a pharmacist? No, no, he just made a game uh, um, about pharmacies or well pharmaceutical factories, you know. Um, so yeah we often meet up I say often, every couple of months maybe we we meet up for lunch in a pub somewhere because it is isolated out here. Like, if you're in London, there's a London Indies thing every week, a bit like, you know... There's a co-working space. Area, yeah, there's co-working spaces. Well, Brighton is full of all these developers. Bristol's quite good. But yeah, I am literally in the middle of nowhere. There's probably not even any computer programmes in my town or for at least 20 miles or whatever, so... Um, yeah, so you've got to make the effort, and that's why I go to things like Develop and I go to GDC... I hang out at these things.
1: Have you showed at EGX?
0: Um EGX.
1: Isn't that like the London yeah, packs?
0: There's two. There's um EGX in Birmingham actually. Oh. Yeah yeah that's in September though. Oh okay. That's um that's a pretty big deal. This that's got the mainstream companies. Then they've got a thing called RESD and now Rezd is just indie focused and that's in London. Oh it, it changes but that was in How London.
1: I mean it yeah that's that's I've cool. exhibited
0: at both and when we did show off Shadowhand we were like wearing my wife was dressed as Shadowhand so a highway woman and I was dressed as a highway man I had the hat on and the, 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 the outfit and all that and we had the fake guns and it was kind of cool it made our stand
1: show up pretty well. Do you find like showing because your game's um somewhat accessible in the sense that it's turn-based yes, right yeah. so do you find that that kind of uh, when you show at those shows that you kind of stand out in the sea of
0: Oh, games
1: like arcade games or local multiplayer games or stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I guess so. I think mostly we stood out just because we were in cosplay, effectively, and most people were just like blokes in t-shirts, you know. <laughs> so,
1: because that's the name of my other podcast, yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. uh, <laughs> blokes, blokes in t-shirts. Blokes in
0: t-shirts. So we stood out because of the way we, and we also got our stand looking interesting. We got sort of a treasure chest with coins in it, chocolate coins in. It.
1: Oh, game. the old so, chocolate coins at a game convention tray.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely worked <laughs> for us. So,
1: um, we did that on Horde. Oh, yeah, did you? Yeah. yeah so and we had
0: gems and stuff. So that stood out. But, yeah, people would sit down and play our Shadowhunt demo right from the beginning to the end, and I made about a 20-minute demo, and I could see people at the end sort of, like, disappointed that it had finished, and I thought that was a good sign, yeah? So they yeah. would, they would yeah. sort of go, oh,
1: you know. So uh, so what did you... Um, like, how do you structure the demo for those type of shows?
0: Well, it's just really the beginning four chapters of the game because they're the chapters that have a tutorial because at a de- show, you've got to have some kind of tutorial so they can understand what's going on. Um, and, yeah, you can cut bits out if you think they're too fiddly or whatever. Um, but we, we just did the first four chapters and made it 20 minutes long. I didn't want an hour-long game because some people would have played it for an hour and it would have clogged up the yeah. stand and I didn't want it to be a short throwaway experience I wanted it to be just enough that people could get into it and go whoa so having said that some people bounced right off it right so some people
1: um, yeah we had the we had the same thing you, Like would some... sit
0: down and see the cars and go holy crap I don't want to play this and stand up and walk away immediately you know? yeah so you had that with Darkest Dungeon as well
1: yeah I mean some people turn based RPGs are not their thing uh, or or they would watch watch somebody else play it and then kind of sit down and then kinda of go like, okay, I saw the last guy get destroyed so I know where this is going, so I'm just gonna cut off early but I think it's more too to the like when you're going to a convention as a as a as a guest, like you're trying to make the most out of every second you have there, right? So I think it's like yeah, I think it's a I think it's a mix of that. Um, but then we also have people that came back and played the game like Multiple times, which right. was kind of absurd. Yeah, we
0: had that happen with us,
1: which is really cool. Um,
0: and they'd bring their friends back, which we thought must be a good sign, right? So, yeah. Um, and I, I recall um, some people would sit down though, and they'd sit down with their fingers on WASD, you know, and grab the mouse, and I'd go, this isn't an FPS, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'd see the cards and leave, you know, as I say. But other people would get in, really into it and love it the story, the vibe, the gameplay, because we've combined card play with um, this turn-based combat and it's never been done before like this Um, and I think a lot of people found that pretty fascinating and it it does work really well
1: so what um, so it was still in development last time we talked yeah last (laughs) last year Um, I heard you say that you're in the point where it's going to be two months for the next couple of months like you got two months to go for the next little bit which might be longer obviously because it's game development and I'm just kind of wondering like what what are the factors that are that that you're going to ship it
0: I'm going to tell you something first you see these bumps on the hills up there they're like 3,000 4,000 year old tombs
1: bronze uh, age tombs so like I can go in them
0: and those circles over there no they're just covered in dirt but if you were to dig in them you might find a skeleton or or, um, uh, treasure but they don't prove it a lot of them have been raided or a lot of them were raided in the past by antiquarians who just dug them up, like Victorians or older people, people even before that. Or, you know, proper archaeologists have dug them up and taken cool stuff out of them.
1: Yeah, huh. you know. Yeah. They, that's I mean, it's just out. like you're telling me that like a grass bump a is a thousand-year-old yeah. tomb and I go, the only way I can know that for sure is to dig it up.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's what they used to. that's how they know, right? They yeah. dug
1: some of them up. <laughs> somewhat, somewhat makes it a bit, <laughs> I think, Easy, like prompting me to vandalize it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see. Well, that's why people did, right? But yeah. there was also a lot of suspicion around them, so people didn't go in them because they thought the fairy folk lived in them or whatever. And you know, if you mm-hmm. dug them up, be bad luck and so on. You
1: know I, mean? I mean. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess if, if you tell me it's a grave and I dig it up, then yeah, any bad luck penalties are on me. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'll just show you another thing in a minute, but I'll tell you about the game first. So. Yeah, I think when I've, I've for a year I've been saying the game is two months from being done, and that's because I've got this sort of to-do list and I put time estimates on it, and it kept sort of sitting around the two or three month mark of hours left. But I kept finding like new things to do, <laughs> yeah. which took up more time than I expected. Basically, I had the card game engine already from Regency Solitaire, so that was cool. But adding an rpg programming an rpg as you very much know a turn-based rpg is a hell of a lot of work there's just so much that can go on with like all the different weapon properties and throwable items and armor and defense and upgrades and blah blah you know
1: and it's that a lot takes yeah just to code and then especially and then if you, then you then start test. buffing yeah if you start yeah. buffing stats and
0: yeah we've got stat buffs with potions and things so it's just taking a long time to work through that plus it's just me doing the design. Well, I work with my wife, she helps with the design and research, but and also art direction, and I draw the game design detail, all the numbers and all the spreadsheets, and all the programming. So, it's not a big team, um, and so as a result, I'm, I'm wearing many hats, and it's quite time-consuming. At least we're working with Power up Audio, who are doing the sound effects, so, you know, that saved me some time, and a musician yeah. who, who's doing that. So, oh, just on the right, coming up... There's a little grove, I'm going to slow down, It's there in there, look in there. There's stones in.
1: There. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So those stones are called the Nine Maidens, and the tale is that they were nine maidens who were dancing on Sunday, which you weren't supposed to do, and they all got turned to stone. Something like that.
1: Why, what? Why can't I dance on Sunday? I don't know. Religious reasons. Religious you know, reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know,
0: shops didn't used to be open on a Sunday, right? So you weren't allowed to work on that day or something. But that's, um, that is a Stone Age monument, huh. it's Fourth thousand years old or something so that's pretty cool
1: that's pretty old yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah so the game i reckon it is probably two months out now because unless this isn't me saying that again but if, if it takes any longer my wife's gonna kill me oh, okay publisher klipski's gonna kill me i might kill myself so you yeah. know i need to sort of like
1: well, yeah that's good i mean you, you sometimes need those outward Pressures to well, to ship again. To
0: be fair, they've been there since the beginning, and um, <laughs> and I've been you know I've just been trying to get the thing done, and this is my best work. It's taken two years now. My my previous longest game was a year, and I know that's not long for some in And that was Regency. Yeah, Regency took a year. I've done other games that took a year, um, so two years is a long time for me. But it's really good, the quality, there's a lot in there, I've learned a hell of a lot from making this game, from all these spreadsheets, balancing things. I also do stuff like automated testing that tests the combat layouts. Oh, okay. So, you know, I've got this weapon or this armour against this enemy, how what's the percentage chance of beating them? And then I alter the parameters until I'm happy with the balance for the player, right? So got a lot of that and it would run the fight through like a thousand times and do me a spreadsheet of all the results and all the key values
1: yeah the automated testing is something that definitely wish we did on <laughs> just, yeah i bet you had yeah. to do it right otherwise you'd just be Oh well, no no, no we didn't yeah. oh, like didn't? like we like all that kind of te- testing is kind of set on like tyler can right. estimate a certain amount of it in spreadsheets yeah fair But we don't actually have like an in-game. We have like an auto battle thing, but that's really just for if you're like, you just want to kill time. Like you're like, I need to test something in like the fifth round. Yeah. We have like a way of doing that. Oh, it gets you to the right round. Yeah, I see. You kind of need to start from the ground up. It's also I think a little bit easier with a cart card game.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... Just because
1: just you probably don't go in between, you don't walk in between battles, right? No, that's true. Now so, there. You can go uh, to them. But there are
0: stuff like to test a chapter five battle, for example, I have to give them the correct loadout and hit points and everything that you would be at that point in the game before testing it. So that takes a bit of time to set up, if you see what I mean. Um, but the automated testing has been really useful because for example, I did all the spreadsheet stuff like Tyler, um, but then I found that some of my assumptions were wrong. Okay? So I'd think, oh, this stun must be super powerful, right? Um, i better make it only last one turn. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So then I tested the game out, and it was like stun did virtually nothing. Anyone who had stun, even if their weapon stunned 100% of the time, it wasn't powerful enough. And I realized, just due to the nature of the card game, it's because sometimes with that stun, you don't get to hit them. You're still charging your weapons up. It's not a guaranteed hit. So I actually now stun for three turns, which is long, right? You think that was long in Darkest Dungeon, you you? Yeah,
1: I mean, we only do, I think, one round stun. Yeah, stuns. so
0: I do three now, which is the same that I poison or, or bleed for, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but it makes a d- big difference because you have to collect cars to charge up your weapon. And sometimes you might take three rounds to charge your weapon up. So that's why the stun lasts that long. But that was an assumption I'd made in a spreadsheet, that when I tested it, I found it out to be different. And that's happened with a few things, and that's pretty interesting to me. Um, that you know, as a game designer, you assume an optimal path of play, but you may be missing something pretty big.
1: Yeah, and until you actually sit down there and actually play it, there's so much stuff that doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't become noticeable till then. Yeah, either um, you
0: play it manually, or if you automate it, you get even more. Results even quicker, but then you better not have a bug in your automated. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I've had plenty of as well, and then you're like, this is giving me really strange results. This can't be right, and it isn't, you know, there's some kind of silly bug.
1: So, um, you mentioned that you're making this game with your wife. Yeah. Um, what tips? Because it's not something everybody does. No. I can only think of one other couple Colin and Sarah? Yeah, the Northways. Um, what 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 advice would you give assuming your wife doesn't listen to the podcast yeah. um, that <laughs> they're that, that working with your wife like what, what are some tips for working with loved ones um, or working with people that you're stuck with? Okay regardless. All right, well, my main, brother's sure. kids
0: Okay well, my main tip Well we obviously live in the same house but she has a separate office to me in the house. So what we do is we come together and have meetings about the design we're going through or the feedback we need to give you know artists or whatever and then she goes back to her space and works and I, I work in mine so i can play whatever music i want and chomp on food or whatever and then it's not going to annoy her and vice versa you know so having your own space i think is pretty damn important and we also i'm in sync with her at the moment but often like i step to 4am and stuff and get up at midday and then she gets up early and deals with the kids on the way to school so often we're very out of sync and we had to try and find a time in the middle of the day when we focused on work together. I think maybe this happens in flexi-time offices as well. You specify core hours or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, we have a bit
1: of that, like, working remotely yeah. where where there's certain times where things make sense.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, the separate space is good. Um, it also worked fairly well in that there was a clear... There was a hierarchy. I don't mean to go all patriarchal or whatever, but it's actually because... I was a, already a game designer for like eight games mm-hmm. so when Helen started working with me she did defer to my prior experience. Yeah. So that sort of I guess could stop arguments where if you were like equal maybe mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of experience. However, that isn't to say you know that she, she definitely came up with loads of really great ideas and ideas that I wouldn't have come out with and she really helps me to validate whether an idea is good or bad. Um, or thrash through concepts and come up with something better so the whole two heads are better than one thing is really true of working together um, and that's a, that's a real pro so yeah. It, yeah I would say if you're some kind of designer don't design solo run all your ideas past your partner and then thrash them out and get better ideas
1: and do you um, do you kind of set like household like no talks about burn down rate at the dinner table or like anything oh,
0: like that. Actually, I'm the one who's bad at that, and she she gets cross at me if if we yeah if I try and talk about work too much. But other times we go out for lunch, and we call it a business lunch, and we'll talk about work walking, and then have lunch and talk about work and stuff. So um, yeah, it, you've got to be careful not to make your whole life about the work um so we you know we spend time watching tv shows and stuff we we're not going on about that yeah so that's good yeah and, and the other thing is you've got to assess like how well your partner handles the stress of being indie because indie is, is a certain stress like you're running out of money you've got deadlines you don't know how well the game's going to do blah blah and i think my wife finds that more stressful than me I've been used to it for longer whatever and I,
1: I don't know I somehow <laughs> you've probably you're been probably stressed out about being indie before you even met her maybe yeah
0: well and so I can compartmentalize this kind of stuff right and I don't know and so if so I, I've actually decided now not to talk about biz dev stuff with her when I talk about money in biz death, she just gets stressed. Or if I talk about how the publisher's in a stink because I'm late again or whatever, you know, she yeah. gets stressed by that. Whereas I sort of take it more in my stride. And so I've just decided, look, it's not worth discussing that. Let's just discuss the design and the game itself. Um, but overall, I'm having really good fun. And I know when we said we were working together, her friend said to her, Christ, I'd kill my husband. I can never work <laughs> with Blah, blah. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel like that but like I'm like well why are you even married then you know like, <laughs> like
1: yeah I mean I think it, I think I, it yeah I get
0: on with her really well and, and we've got similar interests and we ended up working together cooking.
1: and it's and it's a great opportunity like it's a great opportunity yeah. to to spend time like that with your partner and yeah. make something with your partner that's yeah. that's um substantial like a video game like it's gonna be four person years of yeah time really exactly. put into yeah. this thing that will be around forever yeah. assuming yeah. there's not some sort of like great data loss
0: uh, yeah bit rot or whatever yeah. Internet
1: or something.
0: Um, well my old games have been selling for 10 years or more and so I hope that my newer ones will sell for a long time as well I mean I hope so so yeah overall working with my wife has been a good experience there are tough times I mostly when discussing biz dev like I've said
1: You know. have um, you ever done any like joke things like oh like for Valentine's Day I got you that bug fix that you've been asking for, <laughs> or something like that
0: no I don't think so no I, I guess I haven't been that creative one programmer he did a mobile port of one of my games for me and he put in it a, an easter egg especially for his now wife and she was playing the game and it, she beat this level and it came up with a screen that asked her to marry him oh wow yeah and he put that in his game in- Um
1: Oh wow! And in his
0: mobile port for me, and she saw it and she agreed and married him. So that was kind of pretty cool.
1: That's that amazing. back, so. especially as like a contractor.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he, like, he even asked me. He said, "Do you mind if I, you know, put this in the game just especially for her?" And I said, "Yeah, fine. Knock yourself out. You're the one, you're the one coding
1: it." Yeah. So that's yeah, I always wonder too, like how smooth he would have to be to be like. What else you Like, do? what's your Apple? Like, what's yeah. your Apple like device ID? <laughs> like just, I'm just curious. Nothing's happening. Just,
0: yeah. yeah. So that was pretty interesting. So I'm going to have to drop you off in a minute.
1: Okay. So, so is there anything else you want to plug? Thanks for being on the question bus again.
0: Um, just that I'm going to be doing a uh, webinar um, with McFunky Pants and Gam Kido um, soon in the beginning of August. August the 5th. Um,
1: I think it's. I'll make, I'll make sure I get this episode out before then. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's see if you get out before then, and we'll put the. Maybe we can put a link to it. But I'm going to be doing like a twenty-minute talk online, uh, along with about six other speakers, I think. Um, Chris De Leon and Krista. Uh, he's McFunky Pants. Um, you know, we're all going to be doing some interesting talks. So just keep an eye out for that in August How
1: you, funky is ball. his pants?
0: I never. I, I know he's from Victoria, so you make your own. Assessment there,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> like like Canada, Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So, yeah. so anyway, I'm gonna drop you off at your hotel, but thank you for having me on the on the bus again.
1: Yeah. Well. Had it? What's a good send off? A good UK send off.
0: Oh. Um, cheers, my dears.